Welcome to Agile Fundamentals and Beyond, the podcast that helps you understand the fundamentals of Agile and some by asking the questions that everybody wants answered. Hi, I'm Jim Wiley. Hi, I'm Jitend Vara. And I'm David Lowe. And today we will be discussing the third core value of the Agile Manifesto, customer collaboration over contract negotiation. Give me some examples where the focus has been on contract negotiation instead of customer collaboration, and there's been some issues. I'll go first. I've got an example of, it was a, a client-supplier relationship, and the supplier wanted to create a software product and wanted to do it really, really quickly. They'd engaged with this agency, and they had a really clear idea in their minds what they wanted to, to be achieved. However, a really, really long time was spent agreeing what the contract was going to be, um, how it was going to be structured, uh, how the payment was going to work, and what the payment was going to be based on, uh, and so on and so forth. And what ended up happening was that all of the subsequent conversations were not about the thing that was being produced and the customer's needs that we were hoping to meet, but it was about whether we were meeting the terms of the contract or not. Consequently, nothing was achieved. A lot of money was burnt, no product was created, and it actually ended very horribly, and it went to court in the end. So it went horribly, horribly wrong. So that's an example of where focusing on contract negotiation over collaborating with each other uh, can lead to a, a very, very bad situation indeed. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go so far as to say I could extend that to pretty much any large corporate software outsourcing deal. I know that's a massive generalization. Uh, but anytime we make a buy decision, it usually ends up with a lot of backwards and forwards over contracting. And I don't necessarily mean the payment terms. Obviously, those are built in. And you see contracts with penalties and kickbacks based on, well, some silly things like uh, velocity, that sort of stuff. Worst case scenario, I heard uh, a friend of mine told me a story about a company that he'd almost put out of business, a small software company in India that he'd almost put out of business because they hadn't quite worked out that if they just doubled their story points, they would avoid the kickbacks. By um, kickbacks, you mean penalties, right? Yes, yes, that's what I mean. Penalties, contract penalties. But that's the worst case scenario. But pretty much any large software outsourcing deal that I've ever been involved with has had some sort of penalty clauses based on a pre-baked solution as opposed to a desired outcome. Okay, right. So let's delve deeper into some of the issues that this core value is trying to overcome. What do you got for me? Uh, David, I've got one. So the example that I mentioned earlier on, one of the issues I believe that it's trying to overcome is the amount of time wasted. So I was involved in some of those conversations around the contract and whether we'd met obligations or not. And honestly, it wasted so much time. And I use that word wasted deliberately. If we'd expended the amount of effort that we had expended in those conversations around the contract, I guarantee we wouldn't have ended up in the position we did end up in. And we would have actually started to meet some customer needs. Yeah, it's a great point. I think actually we've been really focused in, our, in this sort of first answer at the kind of organizational level. But I think what you've just described is really apparent all the way down. It could be two teams working either side of a, an API, for example. It could be two individuals within a team talking. 
you know, a, a test specialist and perhaps a developer or BA or something like that. There's a lot of communication waste that goes on by trying to contract on the st stuff up front. And then we get into this endless replanning cycle, don't we? So we've missed the plan because uh, it wasn't viable in the first place. So then we replan and that's not viable because we're just making the same mistake over and over and over again. Let's just work together and we don't have to worry about that. I feel we might we might descend into some massive kind of outpouring of, of grief and, and upset from our past experiences. So let's move on to something positive. What behaviours would we prefer to see around this? Let's carry on with the, the example that I, I used. It took a long time to, to get the contract up and running in the first place. And so discuss the waste in time. Like, let's just get going. Let's, let's start the work. Let's agree on the, the first bit of work that we're going to do get going, see if we can start meeting some custom needs, de delivering some value. And by doing that, we can do two things. We can obviously hopefully get some return on that investment, but we can find out how we would prefer to work together by collaborating in the first place. We get to learn about each other's styles, whether that be at an organizational level or an individual level, as Jim has mentioned. And at that point in time, we can recontract again if we need to. Yeah, I mean, again, let's remember, let's remind ourselves, we're not saying that contracts aren't valuable. You know, we, only, we need business contracts, especially in the cases of these uh, outsourcing deals. And in the case of where you've got two teams working outside of an API, you know, of course, you're going to define what that API looks like. But it isn't the be on end all. So let, let's, let's focus on what the outcome that we're looking to achieve is and collaborate to achieve that outcome as opposed to try and predefine or fix the solution up front. Yeah, and it comes back to this thing, right, that we've talked about a fair amount, that we're in this complex, unpredictable environment, so we can't fix it up front. We don't know what the solution is. We don't know what we're going to have to do to get that outcome. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you ready for some fun? Always. Can we go back to our, our Christmas favourite party game? All right, I'm going to ask yeah. you... <laughs> to go to agilemanifesto.org forward slash principles and uh, everyone at home can play along as well. Try not to have too much fun in this though. We don't want complaints. And what you're asked to do is to go through those 12 principles of the Agile Manifesto and pick your favorite three that you think most relate to this core value. Okay, right. Who wants to go first? Me. Okay, so go on then, Jim. What three have you got? So I've gone for welcome changing requirements, even late in development. Agile processes harness change for the customer's competitive advantage. And then I've heard business people and developers must work together daily throughout the project. And then I've chosen build projects around motivated individuals, give them the environment and support they need, and trust them to get the job done. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Jiten. Could you please give us your answers to the same question? Sure. Uh, I can tell you that Jim is wrong with, with two of those answers. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, I, I had one of the same ones. So I had the business people and developers must work together daily throughout the project. The second one I, I had was working software is the primary measure of success. As we spoke earlier on, a lot of the contracts focus on you know, whether you hit velocity or some milestone or whatever, what have you. And so the working software is really important. And then aligned to what I've been saying earlier on, I've gone for our highest priority is to satisfy the customer through early and continuous delivery of valuable software. As I said, so much time gets, gets waste talking about the terms of the contract that we don't deliver early enough. I'd say it's really interesting because we've come at it from a different angle by the looks of it. So you focus really on 
the outcome. And I've focused a bit more on the act of achieving that outcome, I think. So I think to say that I was wrong is wrong. We're both right, Jet. We're absolutely both right. As always, I think, you know, all of these are applicable to all of the values. Right, so let's delve into one of those. Jim, you said, uh, welcome changing requirements, even late in development, agile processes, harness change for the customer's competitive advantage, which Jit didn't mm. select. So uh, tell us more. Well, I mean, ultimately, we're here to serve the customer and we want to give them a competitive advantage. But it was more for me about, you know, the act, like almost how we do it. So, you know, how could we welcome changing requirements if we've pre-baked a solution and written it into a contract? At that point, changes are, are not very welcome at all. And then we get into this kind of whole theatre around big change requests and all this kind of stuff that needs to get signed off at boards and to JIT's point. We end up wasting a lot of time and a lot of money. So that's why I chose that one, really. Jim, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I like that, Jim. Um, I, I think we may have mentioned it earlier on, but um, perhaps if it's a, a struggle to uh, move away from that type of behaviour, perhaps choose a small chunk of the thing that you're trying to produce or a, a small bit of your project. Maybe do some predetermination uh, around that small chunk of the project and have a smaller contract and deliver upon that and, and then see how it goes and then have another smaller contract, deliver upon that and see how it goes, have another smaller contract and so on and, and so forth might be a way of, of putting it into practice if you're not used to just welcoming the changing uh, uh, requirements. I think there's a whole nother recording on how we do that at a kind of work item level. So uh, acceptance criteria, user stories, maybe, uh, and all that sort of stuff. So that there's definitely uh, synergies in there between what we've been talking about and, and how you might operate on a micro level. Okay, so this is all very good in theory and sounds sensible, but what issues do people have when they actually try to live this value and these principles? I guess money is an issue, David. If, uh, if I put myself in the shoes of uh, a client or a, a customer, uh, and it's my hard-earned money that I'm giving to a supplier to produce the things that I want them to produce. You know, I want to know that they're going to go away and do it and, and do it well. And so um, it might be, you know, false hope or uh, giving me a, a security blanket that's not really there. But maybe the fact that I'm, I'm committing this money, I want it in writing that I'm going to get the, the desired things. And that's why it's probably easy to say, you know, welcome changing requirements and um, get going. But psychologically, perhaps it's not that easy. Yeah, people want certainty, don't they? Uncertainty is the enemy of change, as we've said many times. So pre-baking that stuff in does allow to change. Ultimately, ironically, you get you're probably less likely to get the result that you wanted when you wrote the contract in the first place. Yeah things may change depending on how long the project is things may change as you go through that project and you'll undoubtedly uncover things and learn new things as you do it that you won't be able to respond to because you've baked it in and the end result will be you don't get what you want moving on how are people going to be able to live this then um so they can live it by i think focusing on outcomes over outputs so the, the, the pre-baked plan, the contract that it's written into is all about trying to give people certainty. Well, what they're really looking for is, a, is an outcome. And it really doesn't matter how we get there so much as the fact that we actually get there. And it's more likely we get there if we work together, if we collaborate to do that. Cool. And Jim? 
Uh, yeah, I agree with what Jim said. Focus on outcomes. Focus on the first outcome. Achieve it and see what you can learn from, from that. Adapt your contracts based on, on what you have learned uh, and carry on going forwards. Don't try and be deterministic for huge lengths of time because it's only going to lead to failure and heartache. Just to follow up from that, actually, uh, in both regards, a big problem is just a collection of smaller problems. So to your point, that big lofty outcome that we're looking for, break that down into smaller chunks, work on the first chunk first and have that inform what you do on the next chunk. More quotes. T-shirts are going to be available uh, very shortly. So we're going to wrap this up now. See you next time. Here we go. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Agile Fundamentals and Beyond podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter to receive our free guides and other bonus content at scrumandkanban.co.uk.